In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my marvelous podcast pal is the 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 Stan Lee to my uh Kirby. I don't know Kirby, or I don't know if I want to say I'm Kirby. I'm not that good. Kirby, Kirby. Like, you're like you're Stan Lee, and I'm Steve Ditko. Maybe that's it. Uh, hello. All maybe, maybe I'm Stan. Why am I relegating myself to the non Stan Lee role? <laughs> I'm Stanley, damn it. Anyways, my marvelous podcast pal. <laughs> Hello, all you true believers. Travis Rats here. <laughs> Travis Rats and Josh Buckley bringing you the Comic Exposure Podcast, where Travis and I delve deep into comic books, or on an episode just like this, we talk a little bit of nerd comic culture. This is our wrap-up to our marvelous summer. Wrap-up to the... School is, is coming back in session We've basked in the glory of a Corona summer. Yeah. You know what I always say? In the summertime, when the weather is fine, you got Marvel, you got Marvel, you got Marvel on your mind. On your mind. If, her, and, if, if, if you're really rich, go buy some comics. If you're really poor, go buy some comics. Right. Like, but go to the quarter bin or like the 50 cent. <laughs> don't, buy the, don't buy the floppies that are coming out every Isn't week. Isn't that a weird song where he's like, if her daddy's rich, take her out for a meal. If her daddy's poor, just do what you feel. That does not fly anymore. I don't think it really, it, it's this jaunty, upbeat song, you know? Yeah. yeah. I live my dating life by those standards. <laughs> I know, you know, and look where you're at, buddy. I'll be like, uh, uh, so we're gonna meet on Friday. Quick question: Is your daddy rich? Rich or is he? Is he? Are you a rich girl? Yeah. And then you break into some hollow yeah. notes. She's like, yeah. <laughs> Mongo, I think that's Mongo something summer. Anyways, you're listening to the old jukebox podcast where we talk old oh, jukebox <laughs> songs. When I was in driver's training, our driver's and training instructor, every station in the car was programmed to the like. The 50s, 60s, oldies cool, station. 94.5. So no matter which one you pressed, it was, uh, boys don't cry. What, what, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They don't cry. Oh, I love that stuff. Since I got the uh, convertible, yada, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I created on Spotify a rat. It's called a rat. You look it up and listen along with me. Rat's top down playlist. Uh, I, man, you better put it in the show notes for this episode. And it's Rap. it's songs to cruise to <laughs> cruise to with your top down. It. Oh my god, did you make a little thing for it? Yep, you did. Oh my gosh! So here we go. We've got uh, all day and all the night by the Kinks. Uh, bitch, I love you. Uh, some Ann Peebles. Wow, I can't, st- buddy. I can't stand uh, the rain. The rain. Uh, some Nancy Sinatra. Uh, there's some really good yes is on there. <laughs> oh, man. This is some Steely Dan. The Cramps. This is a this is a bouncing playlist, man. This, yeah, yeah. There's no, X, there's no rhyme or reason to this beautiful thing you've created. Here is, the ri- here is the rhyme or reason. I've tested these all out with the top down. And if it works, it goes on the playlist. If it, if it, if it adds to the atmosphere of cruising with the top down, 
it goes on the playlist. I am your, uh, you, me and one other person is following your playlist. And I don't know who this other person is. Oh, and really? I don't know if you know who they are. Really. Yeah. Uh, Jay, Jay Ritchie 12. Me and Jay oh. Ritchie 12. Me and Jay Ritchie 12 are down with rats top down. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing, guys. It works for a, a top up too. Windows I, down, top up. I don't drive anywhere anymore. Windows down, top up. That's oh. the way I like to drive. That's the way I like to drive. In Arizona when it's 119 degrees out today. That's so, why your driver's ed teacher should have been singing in the car instead of listening to oldies. Yeah, top, uh, <laughs> top up, windows down. That's the way I go. No, no. That's, that's the way I drive in town. Mm. I mm. would not have wanted to have Mr. Ellis sing that to us. I just, it would not have been good. All right. So Travis and I. summer. Marvelous summer. We are wrapping up a marvelous summer, and uh, we wanted to put a a bow mm-hmm. on our summer fun time with Marvel. And I feel we're in this weird place because I would say that our our like romp through the world of of DC was very unplanned and unstructured. You and I just found our way with a lot of DC and Vertigo books, and yeah. now. We have built a summer on Marvel, and I, I'm curious. Did we do it right? As I reflect, excellent, excellent. On, as I reflect on this, I wonder if we did this right. If we read the right books, did we pick the right characters, or in true comic exposure fashion, did we stumble blindly through whatever we wanted to do? Wing it, and we won it. We yes. wanged it. No, <laughs> we 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 wang chunged it. Um, yeah. Let me let me go through our reading list. Just so we yeah, have yeah, those yeah. fresh in our head. Uh, we started off with Avengers: Kree Scroll, Scroll War. Uh, I believe As that you is would. 1980s. Nineteen seventies. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Spider Man Mask, a collection 90s. of of pieces with Todd McFarlane on Spider Man. Uh, Blade Undead by Daylight, which is a lot of Tomb of Dracula, 19, I want to say 1960s, 70s. 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gambit Classics. That's, uh, I want to say late 80s, early 90s. I'm going uh, to say early 90s for sure. Uh, and then Claremont Wolverine, 80s. We, we really had like a third, like a weird time period there. Why do you think we, as we, did we ask, ask your question, did we do it right? What, um, to add to that, maybe the starting point for that question is, why didn't we pick more recent Marvel stuff, you think? It just well, didn't occur to us. Well, I think for you and I, we'd already read, we had done the the Thor, right? Mm-hmm. We had did Thor Got a Thunder, which is a, you know, a heralded modern run. Yeah. We had Spider-Man read Blue. We read Spider-Man Blue. We had done, I don't, did we do Phoenix? We did. Didn't we, we did, do? We yeah. did Dark Phoenix. The Phoenix. Saga. Yeah, we did the we did Dark Phoenix Saga already. We had done. That's an that's we, an eighties though. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we but I mean like a heralded sort of. Yeah. I mean, if you want to look at the books we did, we did a bunch of sort of. We did some very random books and then two sort of tent poly books. If we've you will. yeah, we've done some. Is it X Men? I want to I want to say maybe that Dark the Phoenix Saga is the only real X Men book. That well, we, we talked done. we talked about the most modern X Men, right? We spent some yeah. time. With the number ones of all those X Men issues, right, uh, right, yeah, right, and we did the whole run of uh, Power of. We talked continually about Powers of Ten yeah. and House of House of X. So we we spent we. I think that's why for when when we did this this summer, we're like, well, let's read some stuff we never would normally read. 
Um, and on the show, I swear, when I think about other Marvel <laughs> books we did, we've done Doctor Strange. We did a yes, Doctor Strange good book. call. We did uh, Silver Surfer Black. We did... Right, yes, right? yes. So we've we've sprinkled in some modern Marvel, and I think for you and I, we have sort of a 90s X-Men past, right, as you do mm. when you're our age and you grew up with X-Men and Wolverine. That's what you 24 read. 24 and 25, respectively. Right. You, you read a lot of X-Force and X-Men and x Factor, Whatever. Generation X. Yeah, um, Generation X. Externals, like, uh, X-Man. All, <laughs> all of those were sprinkled into what we did as a kid. And so I think both you and I, at least my my brain, when we were picking books to do for Marvelous Summer, well, let's do stuff we just never would read. Right? Right. That we, we wouldn't normally grab. And I think that's been the fun thing that you and I have done over the last, I really want to say two years of the podcast. Yeah. The last two years have really been... Who gives a shit what people want to hear us talk about? Yeah, let's, yeah, just, yeah. let's just read stuff that we would never read and talk about it. And then we'll sprinkle Don't in some give the stuff. people what they want. Give them what they no. need, Josh. Give them what they right. need. Right. The only, so, the only heralded run that we did this whole summer was the Claremont Wolverine, uh, Miller uh, Wolverine one. And I would say like Cree scroll, scroll War. Or it's not heralded, but it's an important, important piece of, yeah. of, Marvel, of Marvel history. Um. So I, I think for you and I, when I started coming up with titles for it, as my dog dog barks in the background, <laughs> I and my wife yells at it. Um, that makes you I, at you, brother. <laughs> she might be. Um, stop that podcast. Uh, <laughs> I I wanted to pick some weird stuff. I'm not going to lie. My goal is to pick weird stuff. Yeah. We were going to do. Uh, we were going to do Howard the Duck. We were going to like purpose, purposefully pick out there stuff because my initial thing was and you because you picked a lot of the books was like i wanted to do oh, like blame hulk. it on me I, okay <laughs> i wanted to do uh hulk uh hulk wars that i read and so uh the uh the other uh, avengers one which are more modern but like if we're gonna go weird let's go weird the whole summer you know let, right. let's 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 like i saw where, you, where the direction you're going i'm like i leaned into it much like your driver's ed teacher when <laughs> when he was teaching you, he would lean into you into and kind earth. of yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that it allowed us because a lot of these collections were kind of a random assortment of uh, tales about characters or an artist's take on a character. It allowed us to get more of a hodgepodge of different eras of the Marvel Universe. Like, you look yeah. at that Blade book, and yes, a lot of it followed, like, the 1970s Tomb of Dracula ones, but then there was, like, an odd late 90s one thrown in there. Gambit, right. it, it was, it was like, old Gambit, and, like, when he, his first appearance, and then it was a few years down the road when he goes to the Thieves Guild. So, right. uh, you, you have... a a wide range of artists and writers, uh, uh, a veritable range of decades. And right, we're seeing Buscema do, we're seeing Buscema do uh, uh, Avengers, right? Yeah. In, in, in that Cree scroll where we are seeing, you know, uh, McFarlane do his work on, and we may not have read like the most important piece of McFarlane's work on that, but we, we got to dive into what he yeah. did and we got to see what's his name, draw a really crappy Spider-Man. Um, Liefeld. Liefeld do Spider-Man, right? Yeah. So I would say that we hit some important people in Marvel, important right. artists in mm -hmm. Marvel, important writers in, in, in Marvel. And important eras, the 70s, right. uh, um, early 90s, 80s. 
But we just picked weird stuff. I don't know. To answer your question, I don't know if it was the right thing to do, but I think it was the fun thing to do, and it's gonna it's going to affect kind of what we learned about Marvel. Again, we we only read these, you know, five titles plus our previous knowledge of Marvel and, and things like that. But we're B-side guys. And so what we did is we kind of curated a B-side I a am playlist. a B-side guy. Yeah, I yeah. am truly a B-side guy. Um, so when I was in a band back in the day, uh, we, I mean, it was in a punk band, right? But whenever we would go on go to shows and we'd have to fill up the van. We'd listen to the weirdest stuff. We'd listen to like B-side Neil Diamond. Yeah. Like not the stuff you know, but like weird Neil Diamond. Like, like our drummer's dad loved Neil Diamond and had like a a tape, a box of tapes in his van that we would use for the shows that had Neil Diamond cassette tapes in it. So we'd listen to random stuff. Yeah, like, that- like not Forever in Blue Jeans. You listen to like no. Forever in Cargo Pants. <laughs> right. And, and and then we got into like hair metal and we would listen to the B side hair metal stuff. Of like rat. So, yeah. Yeah. Like rat and like uh and and we really had this thing for uh skid row, but not not 18 in life, not the ones you know, but like the the random, like the fifth song on the CD that right. on the album that no one would listen to. Um and I love B sides, and so I think like and you know me, the hunting I do when I look for comic books, when I go to, a, if I ever go into a comic book store again, is for those random, weird ass comic books. Right. And so I felt, let's do random, weird ass Marvel Summer. And right. I feel we we got there with a lot of it. Um, but I don't know, like I I think about what would I have liked to have read differently? And I don't know that I could tell you something different. No, I the only thing is it might have been nice to get another tentpole early 2000s, mid 2000s book in there. I, just ultimate, for ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man yes, probably would have. Yeah. Well, the Ultimates probably would have been a, a good one to do. It's something I've never read any of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, I, like a, I, or like a late 90s Heroes Reborn or, title. Or Alias, Spend Some Time. Yeah, you know, yeah, that with, was that was on the table and uh, for a little while. And then we just, I guess we just shuffled it. I just it think it was, I think it was just a giant amount of reading. We were yeah. trying to read stuff that wasn't super long because that Avengers book was such a yeah. slog. Um, so we picked a lot of books. Now, looking back on this now, uh, we picked a lot of, street level stuff uh we picked a lot of male heavy stuff uh male themes in uh, involved in here with with blade and gambit and and wolverine uh we we did ha- we did miss like a a, a there's a big hole with our female character dive oh, into it for sure but then i think you think of what we were reading and the eras we were reading right like um I, we could have pulled out like I've got a a fantastic Dazzler graphic yeah. novel that I that I love. We did a but great it, She-Hulk episode early on too, you know. Right, but I think I think that like I was like, what are what what are some things we haven't read for the show? And because we we've, we've done Dark Phoenix Saga, because we had done you know um, we've talked about uh, Miss Marvel on the show before. We we did that She-Hulk episode. And I think when you dive into those old books, that's what you're getting, right? Mm-hmm. I think really, if I were to pick any book to put on that list, it probably would be Alias. Because mm-hmm. that's a hole for me. Like that part of Marvel, that Marvel uh, Knights period right is is a giant hole for me and now that i now that i think about it now that i'm looking back after we finished i'm like that would be one that i'd want to throw in there yeah that was one of the questions 
I wanted to ask you is what, yeah. okay. You know, we've we've we filled in a little gaps in our holes. Like Blade was a big hole, and yeah. and and uh, uh, Gambit and things like that. You're saying Alias is still like a, one of those big holes that you want to you want to fill. Yeah, up. I think I think anything from that from that Marvel Knights, uh, whether it's the Punisher run. Or really, I, I, I think that uh, Jessica Jones, I, I really love that first season that was on Netflix. I like her when she shows up in other books. I think that that would have been a, a good one to read. I also would have liked to have read maybe some Luke Cage right. to go back and, and, and do that. Um, and so I think that those and then, I, like I said, uh, the Ultimates universe, I have no I have zero knowledge of the ultimate universe yeah you hit the nail on the head my whole was going to be uh punisher uh you know i i i think i have a couple of floppies of the garth ennis run just because i love garth ennis but like i love i love that writer and it's a perfect character for it why haven't i read it i haven't read a lot of the early Pun punisher stuff and then uh, the glaring hole is it's so celebrated and i just haven't touched it is that ultimates universe right Right. That that Miles Morales Spider Man uh, that type of stuff. It's just I don't know why I just I could pick it up and start reading it, and I'm sure it's so lauded that uh, I I'm sure I'd like it. Uh, but for some reason, it's hard for me to just get myself to because it's so I, big, you know. And I also th that's right. That's my I think that's my piece of it is I wanted to go back and read stuff that I could stand alone. Yeah. Right. Um, that we could go read this random thing of Spider-Man from uh, from McFarland and be like, that was fun. Yeah. But like, had we read one volume of Miles Morales Spider-Man? I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. What if I really like it? Yeah, How much yeah, of that? Yeah, like, yeah. like, I just spent a lot of time reading Green Arrow, and and I also, for me, I'm like, well, that's pretty modern. Do I really like? I wanted to go back and dig. Right. Um, and so that's that's where I think that comes from. But I, I think you're right. The Marvels, the the I'm sorry, the Ultimates universe is really one of those things where I have I have zero. Yeah, you know, and that'd be good to to dive back into. This was good. I, I feel like I feel like I have a good pulse, kind of on where Marvel was at in the '80s. Now, um, what about let's let's do some favorites and non favorites. Uh, let's go. What was your favorite of these uh, uh, five reads? Um, I think if I was going to go favorite read, uh, I, I, that Wolverine and that Gambit book, I, they, they're yeah. pretty, they're pretty close. Yeah. 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 Go, for ahead me. And go ahead and pick one. Cause those are my two. So pick, uh, pick one. I, and... I'd have to say the Gam the Gambit book was the yeah. best read. Yeah. We, do you think like you think so too? Right? Uh, no, see, I I up until I had read Wolverine, then I read Gambit. I'm like Gambit is Gambit. I think yeah. is going to take the lead. It is close. And then I reread Wolverine a little bit in our conversation with Dan last episode, and looking at it, I think it is the most literary of them. I think it has the most layers to it. I like the art a little bit better, just a little bit better to it. I like the character. I like the story of the Gambit thing. I love that Thieves Guild story and how it brought in a lot of different characters. Yeah. But yeah. I think Wolverine for me just inches it out just by a little bit. I think my problem that I discussed on the Wolverine episode still stands. Had it been written four years later, yeah, I think all of the stuff that took me out of the beginning of every issue and then that very end of it, I think you take out those and it is a, it would be on, it is, it would be on a plateau of, of almost perfect sort of chomps of a character. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
but that piece of it pulls it back. I like, you can see where you can see Frank Miller be like, Oh, this guy's going to, when he figures out that he doesn't have to write it, like it's everybody's first comic book. Yeah. You're going to get dark Knight. Yeah. Right. You're, you're going to get that thing from him that he, that you're, that you're, that you're, that's, that's not there yet. He's not. Yeah. I, I think he was, I think he as an artist was already there. I don't think the company at Marvel, unlike DC, which is like, okay, go ahead and do your own Batman thing. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to connect. You don't have to do all this setup and exposition. I don't think Marvel, um, I think Marvel fell behind DC when it came to doing that stuff yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I think that you see that as a, uh, a, a downside to the Wolverine book. What about, um, what about books that didn't do it for you as much on, of these five or the, bo- think, the book, the book that, that, uh, that the, bo- the book that, that, that was the toughest one to read was that Avengers book. It like, I dug the, the hell out of the pop art. I yeah, really yeah. did. I love the art in it, but the story was so scatterbrained yeah. and, and, and was hard to kind of. And we talked about this on that episode that it was you collect this story called the Cree Scroll War, but it starts in the middle of another kind of story. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of it, there's other things that aren't. It's like you created an event after you were halfway through an event. Correct. Correct. And then you put it together in a book. And so it was it, that. Things, Although things aren't cool. resolved, things are set right. up and left hanging, and yeah. there wasn't a satisfying conclusion. I agree. That was my that was my least favorite, just because it was more of the experience of reading an old comic than it right. was enjoying a comic. I yeah, I would say like that's the one I got the most history lesson out of, and that's the one that I like. If I could take probably any art from any of yeah. them, that would be one I'd love a giant like 70s splash of Cree scroll war. Yeah. That poppy glory of it. Um, but it was a, it was a slog. It's the one I'm most proudest of having read this summer of getting. Oh through. yeah. I think it's, I think that's the one you go like, Oh yeah, I've read that. Yeah. 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 You there's, can push up your, there's some clout. Well, well, actually, and you can push yeah. up your glasses. This reminds me of the Cree scroll war, which they later turned into an event, which was really the kind of prototype for what Marvel events would come to be. Right. <laughs> No, actually. Uh, uh, I just asked you yeah. where the restroom was. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> by booth 34. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so uh, another uh, question that um, I-, I wanted to ask you is, so what is, after reading all these Marvel books back to yeah. back, what unique ingredients do you think that Marvel puts into their books, and maybe some of their competitors don't, that this is a tough question that kind of runs throughout the decades, you know, or at least runs through a large part of their history. Marvel takes place in real America. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the real the world, thing. even Tokyo that's, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I, th- I think Marvel takes place in the real world. Um, and that grounds it in a different way than I think, dc does right so i think i think mar the thing that marvel gets to do is they get to say like well here's new york and here's this street and here's you know uh this is happening in this those are the west coast avengers it's they're in this play and i think that that makes it for whatever reason the stakes seem more real even though it's not right like wolverine actually goes to tokyo instead of going i feel like in dc they'd make up some 
fairly racist Asian name for yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. place he was in. And then that would be where he is. Um, but it really wouldn't be Japan. It'd be like Eurasia or something. You know what I mean? It'd be TikTok town. <laughs> it'd be something. It'd be something. And I think that's the thing that Marvel has going for it. Yes. Obviously the using those real locations early on in their publications was such a smart move. I also think that, um, when it comes to tone of books, DC, I'm I'm just going to kind of talk DC and Marvel now because Image is kind of like it had the benefit well, of looking. World, yeah, right? Marvel's um, not a or DC or Image isn't a a universe, right? Sometimes during the, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, especially in DC, it's like they tones were black and white. It was either a silly book or it was a serious book. And like the the stuff that came out of DC in the 60s and 70s, where it's you know some of that stuff is a little bit more lighthearted, and and Marvel does a really good job of blending those tones, where you can have serious stuff happen, and also light comedic moments that blended into a kind of more well-rounded tone. Uh, we read yeah. that, for example, we read that big that that you read the whole thing, that green arrow run, which is a real serious take on that character. And there's right. a few moments of levity, but not much, at least not in the book that I read. And no, there's, there's hardly any like shining bright spots in that entire nine volumes. Yeah. And you see that with Batman books as well. Uh, or you have a goofy version of green arrow where he's got punching, you know, gloves on his yeah. arrow and marvel has this great idea uh like you see it in the gambit one especially you see it in spider-man um you saw a little bit in blade but not not so much maybe it was ironically funny i think that's probably what it is but the top the, the language where he's like hey listen yeah. jive turkey back up i'm gonna stake you <laughs> um uh, less than Wolverine. Wolverine read like a, a an 80s DC book. Uh, but yeah, I liked how... I think Marvel does this really good job of of having a wider range of tone and letting the the, the story dictate the the tone. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I get what you're saying. I, I think when you look at it, I think the Marvel books feel... I, grounded might not be the real world word because there's like aliens and all this other stuff, but the characters feel more varied, right? That they can have a large range of action and emotion and maybe they're more relatable, right? Like yeah, more human. Superman is hard to re- relate to. Batman is hard to relate to because x you know x y and z about that character being who they are but we read that spider-man and that spider-man spider-man is the most sort of like relatable superhero character right Mm -hmm. and i think when you look at that pantheon of marvel characters you could find someone to really relate to whether it's the x-men and you find your person that you're like oh i get that one Mm -hmm. right i get what they're going through and it's a little harder. The Justice League. I mean, if just if we just want to talk like this, we read a Justice League book and we read a an Avengers book, and um, then we read Justice League. We've read Justice League and X Men, and the Justice League is essentially like a, a, a pantheon of gods, right? Yeah. And it's hard to relate to any of those gods 
right? But when you look at the X-Men, you're like, oh, I can relate to Gam. Like, is it weird to say that the X-Men remind me of the Ninja Turtles? Like there's there's, no, an, yeah. there's, well, I, there's I, an archetype that everybody can can get a piece of. And I think what you're getting at too, which in your conversation, which I, I pulled from it is... I think Marvel now I'm realizing it does a better job of of melding their characters together. If they're from different titles, when a character appears in a Gambit book, it feels like it fits better than like a, a, a JSA or a JLA book where it's like, oh, that's clearly Flash. And now he's in this uh, Batman book and it's this, you know, it feels like that Marvel is able their their world lends to these characters making cameos a little bit more fluidly than DC does. DC doesn't do a bad job of it, but I think Marvel really gets that about how the thing can just pop in and it feels. Well, I think, I, I think if DC characters get together, there's, there's something gigantic because why would wonder woman and Superman have to be in the same book? Unless it was something huge for them to take. They're not just playing poker together. Like they would Marvel, you know, or that's what I'm saying. That's the thing about Marvel where I feel like the characters are more down to earth. Right. Mm. Like even though Ben Grimm is this giant orange rock, you do feel like if you saw him playing poker, you'd be like, yeah, that, that tracks, that makes sense. But if you, but if like, there aren't as many characters that that makes sense with. Right. We saw the, in, uh, the, the Wolverine book where it's that, that panel you hate because it takes you out of the story, but it's the, oh, he's sending his buddies a wedding invitation and they're sitting right. around it and like, oh, bring the beer, you know? Yeah. Uh, right, that's a right. very Marvel, it's a very Marvel moment to me. It is a super, that is a super Marvel moment. I, I think, I, I think you're right. And I really think, um, and I will say like, I, I will free. I know that this is our marvelous summer wrap up, but I think after all of the DC we've read and all the Marvel we've read recently, this last year or so, um, I would have never at this point, any time before this, had said that I was a DC person. Mm-hmm. I mean, Batman is my favorite comic book character, but I would always say, but I let Marvel's like I think Marvel does better. I think all of the DC that I've read, I enjoyed far more than maybe, maybe like, that's why I said, did we have that big run? You also, to be fair, like you read a lot of Batman. So you're constantly getting that mythology. And then you sat and then you sat and you read this great run by Grell on green arrow. So the one, two punch of Batman and that great green arrow run you read. Meanwhile, we're picking B sides from Marvel that you're reading. Right. You're, you're probably right. Yeah. I, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like, but I'm trying to think of, have I read a Marvel book where I was like, a Marvel that is, that is just as uh, I, true. I, you know, I think when we just talked about what Marvel does really well, I think one of the things that Marvel does poorly is they don't utilize their, and we talked about this on man on that Wolver on that Wolverine episode where we essentially said that like you can plug Wolverine into anywhere and why haven't they let more authors, more writers do that? Why haven't they given why haven't they given more Elseworld final like Fantastic Four books? And just let someone go like, dude, do your 12 issue Fantastic Four. 
Yeah. Do your six issue Fantastic Four and just knock it out of the damn park. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You saw them. They let like you see Joss Whedon did it on X Men Astonishing X Men. Very great run. It's like twelve issues. Right. Of people very celebrated. But then instead of just dropping it, they got new writers and they try to continue it from there. And then so that run was great. But that other writer had I forgot who it was um, had to instead of creating their own story, had to pick the pieces from that and then turn it right. into something. I think, I think that's the thing when you, and it, like, yes, there are very long-term stories that happen in DC, but then you get these giant Batman stories that yeah. are this, these, this big idea. And then you get like a really good, here's my, here's my wonder woman. And then yeah. we'll just, we'll put it aside and then someone else can tell yeah. their wonder woman story. I don't think that that happens enough in marvel or maybe i'm just not reading it if it does it's an event like um onslaught or age of apocalypse or house of m uh so it's a bunch of different titles coming together to fight one thing as opposed to what you're saying is give this talented guy the book you know and i think they've done it a little times but they do it with characters that that aren't major characters. So we saw Fraction Tom, and Hawkeye. We saw Fraction and Hawkeye. We saw Tom King do that really good vision run. Um, we saw Howard um, the Duck and Squirrel Girl that, had uh, had yeah, they had yeah. those like fun little jaunts in their universe where they got to do this thing. Um and I I wish the things that I think they do well are when they let that happen, but they only let that happen with sort of like the outside characters instead of just saying like dude tell your tell your captain america story and we're just going to say it's an elseworld story and it it doesn't have to fit continuity yeah. but you tell your your kick-ass captain america yeah, how book. great would tom king be on captain america with his espionage background and stuff like that you know <laughs> it'd be great yeah it'd be great yeah, like I, I want I want characters that are kind of floundering right now. If they're floundering, give them to someone who's 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 got gusto, who's who's willing to take a big swing with that character. And if it fails, well, the character was floundering anyways. Like Captain America's a, fl- a constantly floundering. Iron Man's constantly floundering. Give them to someone and let them take a big swing with it. Yeah, I, I think that that's I think that's part of the and then I think Marvel and I think both Marvel and DC have this problem where uh, we've moved to like an event has to happen all the time. Yeah. And so it crosses over into the book you're reading and that's obnoxious. And, and um, that, and then there's like five events going on at the same time. Yeah. And, and that's a pain in the ass. But, the Marvel books we read are the ones we really enjoyed. Like she Hulk are exactly what we said. It's like right. someone's specific vision with a specific art style, Hawkeye, She-Hulk, you know, uh, Vision. Those are our, those are our, like, oh, I love those Marvel books. Those are great episodes. Those are fun reads. But when we start trying to do like Kree Scroll War or we, we've, you know, like Civil War or, uh, you know, Infinity, that that type of stuff. Infinity Gauntlet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or even Avengers Forever. You know, I read that one and you couldn't get through it and it was a slog, you know? Whoa, man, that was tough. Uh, so, so we've got this idea of what we what we think Marvel does right, what maybe they stumble on, what our favorite book was, what our least favorite read was. So here's here's what I here's what I want to know. Um, out of everything we read, what which of those would you want to dive back into that character or that group of characters to read some more on? I. 
like you, we talked about it with the Ultimates, uh, the character Spider-Man, um, we read Mask, uh, and it was, we read it because it was McFarlane, and we hadn't had a, 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 a chance to talk about McFarlane. I would like Spider-Man, I realize now that I always had loose Spider-Man books as a kid, but a lot of like my conception of Spider-Man comes from the movies, the cartoon show, just in in pop media, as opposed to like, oh, I remember the, the when he was the clone and that whole run, and and <clears throat> yeah. I remember when you know actually I, I, I read the actual death of Gwen Stacy, everything leading up to that. I read the early Steve Ditko stuff. Uh, I, I think that you know if Spider-Man really is the Batman of Marvel as far as like that 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 yeah. corporate character. Uh, I am. I, I would like to um, spend a little more time with that. Um, my, I got a question for you. We, as part yeah. of Marvelous Summer, uh, we also took stabs at creating our own Marvel stories. Uh, yeah. We had. An, we were. We challenged each other to create an Avengers story, and we challenged each other to come up with a Marvel team up. Now, playing in the Marvel sandbox, did it? Did you get a greater appreciation for like how these stories are are made, or you know what was that experience like having to take these Marvel characters and create your own story as opposed to maybe like when we did it with the Justice League or something like that? Was there a difference for you? Uh, yeah, I think because we did a Justice League story, and then but I, again, when we look at it, I picked B, I picked B side Justice League characters, right? right? You picked B-side Justice League characters. Um, I think we both did the same thing for an Avengers story. And we did the same thing almost for our team-ups, right? Like, I, what I would say is it makes me realize why you want to, why you'd want to be a comic book writer, Mm -hmm. right? you're, You're taking those toys, you're dumping the toy box out, and you're going like, ooh, what can I, what can I do with this, what? I'm going to play pretend. Yeah. And then someone's going to draw that for me. Like what is more, what's more like that dream as a kid than to dump it out and to play, to play guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 My guys, get your guys. You guys, Hey, Renner, you get in the car, get some, get some of your guys. He has a box that yeah. is labeled guys. Yeah. And it had a bunch I, of guys in it. I think too, for uh, creating this, I think, you know, we, we've established that we like B-sides. We're kind of like, we, we'd we like to take something. But I wonder, too, if, if a lot of that is based on how intimidating it is to come up with a story with an Iron Man, with a Thor, with an, a with a Captain America, either individually or as a team, uh, yeah. with a Fantastic Four, because there's so much history there. There's so much going on that... Uh, it's to me picking a big character and taking that on in a story is intimidating. It's more, I feel like it's more precious for some, some reason. Yeah. I also think like for me, the reason I didn't pick any of those characters on the Marvel side was like the, the DC cinematic universe has sort of saturated pop culture. Right. And I was worried if I picked any of those, I would be telling uh that character's story instead of saying i want to have fun with this character that i don't have a preconceived like visualization of in my head mm-hmm. yeah, right yeah. because am i just writing a story for uh um you know the tony stark from from the movies 
or am I writing a story that I just think would that's a good Iron Man story? Right. right? Yeah. Maybe that's the approach. Maybe you have to think of a good story first, like like a like a like a, like a universal theme, like you know, conflict, and then this, then look at your characters and decide whose story. Who, who best services the story right. I want to tell. Best. And that's not the way I was approaching it. I was going like, uh, you know, like, oh, I want to see this character do this thing. And I wonder from a creator standpoint, if you were assigned like Tom King to write a Fantastic Four, um, or if Marvel comes to you like, Tom King, what do you want to do? Because at this point, you can kind of do, uh, yeah. do that. Uh, or Donny Cates, what do you want to do? Um I wonder if like they have a back pocket full of stories they want to tell and they're like, well, is Captain America free? Cause I have this story it's, and it's kind of this espionage thing. I think his character might service it best. And I wonder if that's how like the, the big time creators approach it as opposed to, Ooh, just give me that character and then I'll come up with something. Yeah. I think you could probably, I think there's probably a pull both ways. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because you are limited when you think about it, like when you're a kid with your toy box, you're limited to the toys in your toy box. Right. Right. And, and so you have to make a story that, that sits with that person. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, but I, I think you're right. I think there's something interesting to say about, well, I've got this story in my head, which character, which puzzle piece, which character is the puzzle piece that makes that, all what's the gear that makes it all turn right it's funny that, that you say that because continuing your analogy of being a kid it's like the story that you want to tell affects the stories you the the toys you want your mom to buy like if you've been watching a bunch right. of ninja movies all of a sudden you want to buy all the ninja looking gi joes the ones that right, look like right. cobra and stuff like that so yeah. you can tell that story but when your mom's not gonna buy you anything, you gotta get creative and be like, "Well, he's not a ninja, but I guess He Man could 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 go on this mission." And then you end up writing that movie where uh, you writing that story where Tom Cruise is in Japan. Yeah, like, yeah. The Last Samurai. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I I think that exercise made made me realize like, well, no shit, that'd be a fun is all get out job, right? Like. Yeah. How, like you they talk about how like Marvel does this every summer they do that Marvel retreat and they talk about their big plans for the year and what that looks like how fun would that be mm -hmm. to just be like what can we do with the X-Men this year right 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 I also found yeah that's a good point uh that would be so much fun <laughs> um I I found two, because it yeah. doesn't matter even if you had the dumbest idea ever you get to like throw it out in the room and have people talk about it and just just that act of like knowing that any nudge you give could be what happens. I think is very it's like that. There's a yeah, draw yeah, that yeah. sort of, you know, it also is, it's tough because, you know, when we come up with the idea, I thought we've come up with some good ideas for stories on these pitch clubs and that are like, yeah, I could see that happening. I could see someone wanting to do that. You know, Hey, Marvel, give us a call. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I wonder if a lot of these creators, especially when they're hired for a character for like, you know, unlimited, like you're going to be writing this person for so long. Our contract is like two years. Uh, these many issues is it's easy for me to kind of come up with the premise, but the execution of it, like, where does it go? Like I can put 
uh, Wolverine, you know, the Savage Land, and this, we have to, uh, you know, Wolverine and uh, Kazar are herding dinosaurs. And I can write that by like, where does that go? And I think a lot of these creators had that same struggle when we see runs start off strong in Marvel, but end yeah. poorly or just kind of peter out. It's like, oh, they came in with this idea and then the business side got in the way or they, you know, they got 12 issues into it and they realized they didn't have the ending for it. So they have to take it in a new direction. Well, that's, that's why I think like there's a difference between, that's why I think that idea of like why I would love just maxi series, just give Mm -hmm. me everybody's 12 issue run. That's all I need. Yeah. I don't like, I look, Jason Aaron is great, but I am not going to be able to get through all that Thor, all that Thor. No. And maybe maybe it's wrong to say that because I just read nine volumes. You like, get, get Thorsor. I got like I just read a giant amount of yeah. Green Arrow, right? But I think like that's a that's a long. I mean, that's a was a four year, five year sort of giant epic tale, and maybe even longer than that, right? Like yeah. I, like I, it's it, and for me, I go like how. Yes, you can talk about that being a lauded run, but how much more of an impact is it? And I think this is this British TV versus American TV, right? Like, I'm going to give you 10 episodes, but it is going to be a complete great story. It's going to be good. Or we, I can give you, you know, eight seasons of The Office and the last three are going to be like, yeah. eh, yeah. you know? yeah. Um, I was Gat was so I like the British office, I like the American office, but the British office like goes out on this high note, like, no, that's it, it's done, we're good. The American office, I tell Gabby every time we watch it, when Pam and Jim get married, and they get married too late, and the whole they get married too late, they should have been married earlier, but when they get married, I always, whenever Gab and I watch it, I go, like, and that's the series, yeah, that's that's your last episode, yeah, because it's Pam and Jim's story, that whole thing. And then once they get married, you're like, Oh, it's not Pam and Jim's story anymore. We're going to keep telling the story because you like these characters. No shit. I like these characters. It's Captain America and Iron Man and Spider-Man. Of course I like them. But why do we have to keep telling that same story with those same puzzle pieces? Like it just becomes comfort at that point. Reset the board. And that's the way that comics sometimes become too, is this character has a monthly, has a monthly issue for the last 30 years, not because there's great stories to tell with that character necessarily, but because it's comfort. It's like you want to go and you want to pick up a Captain America book because you've been reading it for 15 years. Even though the last five years has been in this no man's land of like not much is really happening. Well, here's here's so right now everybody knows who Superman is, right? Superman's identity is out in the world. That's interesting if... It's done in the context. If I'm going to tell you my 12 issue Superman story, he's going to he's going to get outed as who Superman is. He's going to have to live with that. I'm going to resolve it, and then my Superman story is done. But when it's like I'm telling this long Superman story, and I don't know however many issues in, you've liked it so far. Well, now I'm going to now this arc, he's going to get his identity revealed, right. and then we'll we'll. We'll deal with the repercussions of that for the next year. We're going to give him I a beard. Like, <laughs> I, I just go like, why? If you want to tell a story where Superman, his identity is out in the world and what it means to live as Superman out, right? Where he gets to live as Kal-El and not Clark Kent, which I think is a, is an interesting concept, right? 
what is it like to live as God on earth as God on earth? And people know it's you, right? Right. To have daily a hundred percent access to you all the time. Cause they know where that you live. They like, they know all that piece of you. They know that you're a celebrity then, right? What's it like to be Michael Jordan all the time? I just right. finished watching the last dance, yeah, right? Yeah, like, what's, what's it like you like, that's the life you have to live. That is an interesting story for Superman. Right. What I don't think is interesting is having to put it in the middle of my larger Superman story, then figure out how I'm going to resolve it and then go on with his life. Like it never happened. Right. I have to reset the deck somehow. I have to like, how many times has like uh, uh, daredevil's identity been revealed. And then they have to like, Oh, there was a, we're going to bring in someone to mind wipe. Everybody it was all, uh, no one really knew. Right. How many times has Sue storm cheated on Reedy Richards? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> Just just tell your story and then be like, okay, now I'm gonna reset the deck. Like you do with like you do with uh 007. Like you do when we go like, well, that was a fun Spider-Man. Toby Maguire was cool. Let's start it again. Yeah, well, one of the basics of writing in is you have people confuse story and plot. Now, to me, they're two different things. The plot is what happens, the story is what's what's this about. And yeah. Uh, okay. oftentimes, you know, comics, we fall into that trap of just giving plot points, blah, 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 plotting it out. And you see that when it comes to things like the Kree scroll war, you know, yeah. it's plot. This happens and they go to space and, you know, Ant-Man goes inside vision and blah, 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 blah. But what's this, what's this event? What's this about? Like, what's like, it's about Jim Pam. You said, you know, the office it's about Jim Pam. And then afterwards it just became plot points. Oh, and this happens. This happens. You, right. the audience, the audience will talk about a plot, but what they come back for and what they, what, what keeps them loyal is story. It's like, this is building towards something. This is the human side of things. And Marvel, when when they would create a character and it would pop off, they they always came from that place. The X Men is about this group of outsiders, right? Right. Iron Man is about you know this this weapons expert is technology. Me, yeah. you know, like and yeah. but because these characters have endured for so long, those original story conflicts that are there have been resolved and then gone away and then come back and it's a it's it's a tough gig man i i I don't envy having to refresh these characters and their stories in new ways as opposed to just making more plot things for them to do well i think i'm of two minds like i would love to read just a serial of superman fighting giant whatever every month for yeah. a while. Right. I'd be okay with that. I think what I struggle with is when I go like, I'm going to tell a story, but it's going to take this long. And in it, I'm going to meander in and out all of the, like that's, that's, I, I think of two minds, like give me the maxi series where you're telling this really interesting story about this superhero character, or this character. And then it just do the serial stuff. Like give someone who wants to write the, the soap opera of it. Mm hmm. Right. Like, give me the serial monster of the week Superman book and I'd probably read it. But when you but when you want to go tell a story with that character, why why did Gambit work? Because you pulled Gambit out of the serialized nature of the X-Men. Put him in a sandbox and let him have his story. And then when it was done, you put him back in the serialized. Yeah. 
You put him back in the serialized world of the X-Men. Yeah. His story was what happens when you can't leave your past behind you and your past comes back up and you, you feel obligated to that, but also to your new life. Uh, and, and how do you resolve your old issues from your... Yeah, it's just, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, Marvelous Summer was... I, I enjoyed the reads as we're kind of wrapping up the Marvelous Summer here. Um, and I think Marvel is still putting out good stuff. I think that they're... They're still staying true to a lot of their original formula. You have your good years, your bad years, your good decades, your okay decades, your great decades, and things like that. I I, I really appreciate... I think Marvel... I think the world needs Marvel comics. Yeah. Oh, I for think, sure. I think these the stories they tell, the characters that they've created are so endearing and they're so layered. And as we found out, you can put them in different situations and get different results. So I've, I've really enjoyed that. So Josh, uh, we have been doing weekly episodes since March. You know, we, we've, you know, because we've been, Thanks, living, <laughs> cause we've been living our life uh, uh, online and, and ha- had more time to uh, us for us to meet up during the week and do these podcasts. But as we're going back in into school and stuff, and as Marvelous Summer has ended, let's talk about uh, where we think, because we don't have a lot of answers to this, but where we're going next. You know, we're still committed to, uh, you know, giving you your uh, comic book club, uh, but we're, we're not theming it Marvel, necessarily Marvel. Yeah, and I think what I'd like, I think you and I, we've talked about this, and we're going to pull back the curtain like we always do on this show, because what the hell do you need a curtain for? Um, But I I think for me, what I'd like to do next is I want to get back to maybe some more, less superhero, more indie comic book stuff. I want to spend some time. Uh, before Marvelous Summer, we read um, a uh, why can't I think Longbow Hunters Bog Bodies. We read Bog Bodies, which is an indie crime story, right? Then we went through Marvelous Summer, and it's just been superhero, superhero, superhero. Yeah. I I am longing for that that other something indie, something not marvel not dc superhero and so i know one of the books that we're going to read is we're going to read declan shelby's other irish crime story it's a companion piece uh to the uh uh bog bodies so what he wrote before that because we we really liked that we thought it had interesting conversation and since we that was the last book we did before marvelous summer we thought it might be a nice palate cleanser to kind of uh uh because it uh, we're going to read different stuff and then choose what to do, but we know that that's going to be completely different than Marvel. Right. And so we're going to read that one. It's called, why can't I think of the name of Savage it? Town. Savage Town. We're going to read Savage Town. That'll be back. We're going to bring Andrea back on the show. She read Bog Bodies with us. We thought, well, let's bookend and have her read this other tale by Declan Shelby and really have a, I think that we'll get to have a conversation uh, in a reverse order about what do we think of this author? What do we think of this writer? We've seen him right. dive into this thing two times. What, what do we think about his work in this genre of, of crime? Because he also uh, did, uh, he, he's an artist as well. And he drew, uh, he was the artist for Moon Knight with, was it Garth Ennis? No, who, no, 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 no. Who came back and did Moon Knight? It was, uh, oh, damn it. I got moonshine here. I'm looking for moon night. But yeah. Uh, that's the weird. That's going to drive me. Yeah. I'm finding it right now. Uh, Warren Ellis. 
Yes. So, yeah. That, so, was that Warren Ellis? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Warren Ellis. So we, you know, we thought let's do, let, let's, let's, let's go and do something that's pretty unmarvel. We are, we've also got a, another crime story. We're going to do pulp, uh, which is Brubaker and Phillips coming back to us with a, uh, a story about a pulp author. Yeah. Living. They're, they're podcast favorites. I mean, we're, it, yeah. whether, they, whether they put out, I mean, they, they haven't really burned us yet too bad. So no, so we're going to do that one. And we're really, I think that's what I want to do is I want to focus on some non superhero stuff again. We've, we've talked uh, about maybe uh, doing some things that are, are, are very current too. Like there's that new Ninja Turtles thing that's going to come out right. in single issues. And uh, once Josh found out it was coming out in uh French size, uh, that it, <laughs> It was, it, he was so depressed. He goes, I don't know, man. These books are kind of expensive for single issues. And then he's like, oh, it's French size. I gotta, I gotta buy yeah, now I'm going to have to buy it. And so, yeah, um, kind of mix in. But then I don't want to lose that. Once we kind of cleanse our palate a little bit, I would like to maybe go back in and, and you know, continue with some looking at some of our DC holes and maybe, yeah. maybe reading um, like a Punisher Max series or reading that I would Alias. Really like to read Alias. I yeah, think yeah. Alias would be a really good one to do. I'd like I'd like to do that one. Um, but I, you know, uh, it's weird because we always do this over the summer. We've been doing the podcast long enough that over the summer we do like a, what are your summer reads? Let's read some fun popcorn, nom, nom, nom stuff over the summer. And this year we did it again, but we said like, let's read some batshit off the wall Marvel yeah. runs. Yeah. Um, we follow, it, we follow the, uh, Academy Awards seasonal stuff. Like in the, you know, the yeah. movie, we follow the movie industry in the summertime, you get that popcorn stuff. And then the fall, you start getting your artsy indie nomination stuff. Right. And then we do the horror book in October. Yeah, I know. I think of a spooky book. Oh, there's one, uh, there's a, we're going to do one. I want to do one of those Joe Hill books. There's two of them yes. that came out. Perfect. Uh, so we'll do the one about a head in a duffel bag, not eight um, heads in a duffel bag. But there's he does one yeah. where there's in a bag and there's another one. One of those two I want to do. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of again filling in some holes, reading some more modern books again because uh, we have we did a we did a dive back, man. We read fables. We read that that uh, Grell Green Arrow that I keep talking yeah. about. We we read swamp. We read old swamp thing. Yeah. We. we We've di- we dove into all of these sort of older books to fill in gaps. What I'd like to do now is go like, what are some modern classics? Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like looking at stuff that's that's come out in the last five years that we might have just missed, uh, and also looking at stuff that's coming out. We had a really good time reading X Men in single issues and kind of giving you little snippets during our variants, and then doing that big thing at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a little bit tougher because sometimes it starts off good, then you're like, when by the time you get to like issue six, you're like, maybe we shouldn't do a podcast on this. But uh, we'll we'll pick a couple of those type of things to do this year too, where Josh and I will read yeah. some single issues. We're definitely we're definitely going to read this Wonder Woman uh, that came out. The guy who did uh, Wonder oh, Woman Black. Uh, no, I don't think that's the Black name label. of it. The Black Label Wonder Woman yeah, book. Yeah. So book three just came out. There is a scene in it that I cannot wait for you and I to talk about on the podcast. Okay. It is. I don't want to spoil it how for you. Issues, I, how many issues is that? Six? It's going to be four. Okay. Uh, they are the last issue comes out in August, I think is when the last issue comes out. Uh, but that'll be a, I think it, it's August or September. Uh, that'll be a fun one to read. It's a very post-apocalyptic metal story. We read that Batman one where he has Joker's yeah, head yeah. in a jar. It's, it reminds me of that 
in that vein of let's tell a, a yeah a, wonder a, woman was a big part of that too yeah yeah so it that that'll be one i want to check out with you as well but yeah man i i don't know so if you have something you want to throw at us that you think that's a little modern that you think that we should check out uh you can always tweet at us at comic exposure you can comment on any of the podcast episodes uh on on the website uh comicexposure.com uh, there's where you also can find all of the episodes in the show notes. You can search all of our old episodes and go, I wonder what the guys were talking about in April of 2016. Well, you can find it if you go back and see the episodes we did there. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm curious to go back and see what we read, uh, a year, like just a year yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. know what we read just a year ago this, this summer. This year will be fun because we've, we've done so many books that we'll be able to have a good end of the year conversation where we pick our favorites, what we liked, yeah. what we didn't like, uh, you know, shout outs and, and which would be a, the best movie, all those kind of things. I'm yeah, looking yeah. forward to that. Some years it's been a little bit more dry on that. Uh, I, will, I will say we do have to sit down and come up with a list because it did help. I have a calendar here which has the date and like the the order of the books we're doing, and that was such a big help when it came to because oftentimes so we pull the curtain back. Josh and I will be like, "What do you think about this one?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's, let's do it," and then it kind of just disappears and we don't do it. Uh, so when we like plant it and we say we're gonna do it, it's nice having it on the calendar. So we're gonna we're gonna do some corporate stuff and get things yeah. scheduled. So, but yeah, so don't forget you can find us on Twitter at Comic Exposure. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Comic Exposure. Uh, and uh, follow us or uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast on, on iTunes, uh, follow it or whatever they call it on Spotify. Uh, share it with your grandmother, give us a review, all that good stuff. If you want to get some sweet gear, uh, you can go to the website, click on the merch tab, and you can order from our Amazon store. It is prime. You will get it quick to your door. It is good stuff. Good quality. Uh, I've washed my uh, comic exposure t-shirt many times, and the color still holds up. The The size still holds up. So good quality. Yeah, it's it's not it's not bad stuff. It's not bad stuff. So if you want to look good uh, for the rest of the web, the rest of the Zoom meetings you're going to do while we're still uh, doing everything remotely, you can you can do that. Uh, but as always, thank you guys for uh, uh, thank you folks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next trade.